Check, check. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to a new edition of the Cards Cast. Cardinal Authority Senior Writer Michael McCammon here with publisher Jody Demling. And Jody, uh, a lot to get over uh, through on this podcast. Here's kind of what we've got coming on tap. We're going to start things off with men's basketball, who got things you know, rebounded quite well off the two-game skid with a nice blowout win over Syracuse. Going to touch base on that. Obviously, their big game on Saturday against North Carolina. Recruiting news for men's basketball. Obviously, there's some visits that we've been reporting on at Cardinal Authority. We'll touch base on that. And, and uh, Jody, I know you got some notes there as well. Women's basketball are close to clinching the ACC title. Baseball had a record-setting afternoon, and, and spring practice for football is coming up. So we're going to try to skip through all these and get in as much as we can, pack in as much as we can on this episode of the Cardscast. So glad you, uh, you, you've you logged in with us, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the, the next few minutes when uh, when you get a chance, make sure you, you download us or like us on Apple Tunes Podcasts as well as Spotify or whatever your favorite outlet uh, may be. And make sure you share us with your friends. But, Jody, let's do let's start off with the uh, men's basketball uh, team. Certainly a lot of concern, you know, when you hit a two game skid, you know, the, the cries for a change in the starting lineup. Although we saw one with Jordan Wara coming off the bench for a game, you know, came to came to a peak and, uh, you know, coincidence or not there was a change and things certainly took a turn for the much better uh when the cardinals yeah. hosted the syracuse yeah and you know and and, and chris keeps talking about and, and 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 i've talked with him about this and the fact that i mean really and quite honestly as a staff they they knew you know they know they've known david's the best playmaker david johnson's the best playmaker on the team but yeah. you also have to kind of be leery i mean it's one of those deals to where for a while, if you remember, there were three or four games where David got three fouls and he was in yeah, that mode. And you, 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 you got to play by, and I think Syracuse was the perfect team because you knew they were going to play zone. And the other thing is, you know, on the other end, they're not that aggressive. I mean, they're not like the team that's going to take it to the basket all the time. Like tomorrow when we see Cole Anthony every time yeah. go to the basket, you know, I mean, Gerard settles for, you know, threes. I mean, heck, Gerard had a three-on-one fast break the other night, and or a one-on-three fast break the other night, and he pulled up and jacked from three. So it was a great game for them to do that, and I think they were just a little leery of pulling that trigger before, just knowing that 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 there was little you know room for error and and, and little margin for error. Uh, and plus, they needed a spark. You know, I mean, they had lost two yeah. in a row, and they needed a spark. So hey, let, let's try it. It worked. Uh, I'm interested to see what they'll do the rest of the year. I personally think. That David will stay in the game, but I think we will see a rotation um, of of either uh, Ryan McMahon, like we saw the other night, or Darius Perry, or Fresh Kimball in there with David as far as when they see kind of a matchup. Like tomorrow, because 
North Carolina is going to get out and run. They're going to do some things. I wouldn't be shocked to see Darius Perry in there because he's the fastest, most athletic, fast guy that they've got, you know, on the team that can kind of keep up with Carolina. So he might be the better matchup. But I think throughout the year, they're just going to kind of continue to to keep rotating guys and see what's best for the matchups. And, and I kind of like that. I do like that. You've got look, Chris explained today. You have nine guys who right now knock wood are healthy and are capable of doing things, and they're just going to continue to rotate them in and out. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think it was a gr- perfect timing to, to make that you know, switch to put David Johnson in the backcourt. You know, and in addition to what you said, obviously his skill set and you know, as well as his height and his length you know, was a great matchup for that Syracuse zone. You know, they did a great job using his, you know, his strengths uh, to their benefit, and it worked out. I mean, we've seen him make the freshman mistakes with turnovers, but look at him, seven assists, no turnovers uh, against the Orange. Obviously, as you mentioned, totally different uh, ball game against North Carolina as far as styles and, and, and what we're going to see. Uh, so really, look again, looking forward to who they do pair him up at back there. I like the idea of Darius Perry because of what you, you know, the strengths that you mentioned there. So uh, I think it's going to be one of these thrilling games as we have become accustomed to see. Um, Jody, I don't know. Is there, are, are, do you have any lingering concern? Maybe I could throw that out there. You know, that the two-game skid, what we saw during those last two uh, road games at Georgia Tech, at Clemson, are, were just a blip or a thing of the past? You know, I mean, I think it's going to be – I, I just think it's going to be that this team is not – there's little and, – and I could say this about – I think, and honestly, and I've watched – Baylor's the number one team in the country, and I've watched them probably more this year than I ever would. For some reason, they just always seem to be on when I sit down and I'm doing some work. There is little margin for error for more teams this year, for every team this year, than there ever has been, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I don't think Louisville's any different. I think it, a lot of things have to be perfect for them to win games, um, especially games on the road. Um, so I think we're going to have to see them play at a high level. And, and I thought that high level was the other night was a pretty good level. Uh, but they still made some mistakes early in that game that uh, defensively, uh, and left a couple of guys open and then offensively just didn't convert. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see some ups and downs, I think, the rest of the year, just because this year is such a weird year. I mean, there's so many good teams out there. And plus, to be quite honest, um, it's, it's an intriguing – like the Carolina tomorrow – the Carolina game is a game that Louisville should win. But if you look at what Carolina has <laughs> done in the last few weeks, they're all losses – but, oh, my gosh, I mean, they lost by one to, to Boston College. They lost by six to Florida State, and they were down two uh, with, like, 20 seconds to go. They overtime lost by two to Duke. They lost at Wake Forest 74 to 57, which you can't – you just can't explain that. Then they lost by two to Virginia and one to no, at Notre Dame. So, I mean, yeah, these guys – Heartbreak have, City. Yeah, these guys are scared. Uh, they, they're scary – uh, if uh, if you're playing them, but Louisville should win the game. You know, then you've got a tough one, a quick turnaround on Monday. Then Louisville should win against Virginia Tech, who, to be quite honest, right now looking at it, I know I'm going to jinx it when I say this, but right now, in my opinion, Virginia Tech's the worst team right now in the ACC, or they're playing the worst right now in the ACC. They've lost seven out of their last eight, I believe, uh, is what the number is. And then a tough game at Virginia. So it's, it's kind of tough here uh, to finish out, Michael. Three of the four games are against opponents. Um, that, that can beat you. Yeah. You know, but it, obviously it's the position that you want to be in Louisville, certainly in control of their destiny from here on out. So looking forward again to Louisville against North Carolina, as Chris Mack said during his pregame press conference, they're still Carolina. So, 
uh, you know, lots of reasons that, you know, to be concerned, even though, as you mentioned, a lot of their, uh, you know, six straight losses have been close ones. Now, tomorrow's game, in addition to the, the, the ACC standings, it's also a big, important game as far as recruiting goes. Jody, I know we've confirmed at, at Cardinal Authority, you know, over the last couple of weeks that uh, some guys are coming in for, uh, for visits this weekend on Saturday. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, let's go back for a minute because okay. it, it was a big one on two on Wednesday night. I get my days confused. It was a big one on Wednesday night just because um, when you look at what Wednesday night, I mean, look, Christian Lander is is Louisville's top target. I mean, it, it, it's no coincidence that they've seen him more. They've been around him more. They've tried to, uh, you know, they've they've done a lot of things with. Uh, they've done a lot of things with Christian, and they love Christian Lander. He is legit. Um, he is the guy um, that they really want, no matter if it's it, – it doesn't matter what class it is in. I mean, people talk about that. Um, it's 20 or 21. It doesn't matter. He's their top He's their top guy. I think at this point what I have been told is that is there a chance he would reclassify? Sure. Is it likely? At this point, no, they're going to kind of look at things, but at this point, it's not likely, but it is possible. So I think you have to look at that and think, okay, it's good. Well, he was back. I mean, that's like the third or fourth game this in, in, that he's been to uh, in the last two years. He loves Coach Mack. He really has a good relationship with Coach Mack, and I think Louisville, uh, you know, people can say what they want, but I do believe that Louisville is the leader for Lander at this point. Is there a long way to go? Is there a short way to go? We don't know. And I, and I think there's probably a long way to go, um, but uh, but I think they look pretty good. Now, uh, with that said, also Paul McMillan, the 2022 class, he loves Chris Mack and his dad loves Chris Mack as well. Uh, they're from Cincinnati. They had a really good relationship with uh, with Coach and the, and the staff when they were uh, at Xavier. And this kid's a 2022 guy who uh, who was was really impressed, uh, you know, the other night as well, too. He was at Louisville Live. Uh, also back in September. Now, tomorrow, four-star guard Zion Harmon, he's going to make his decision on March 24th. And I'll be quite honest with you, Michael, nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. He's taken Louisville visit, uh, his official visit back in November. Louisville's one of six finalists for Harmon, uh, six different schools, uh, Kansas, Louisville, Maryland, Seton Hall, um, Western Kentucky, and I'm forgetting one, and I'll think of it in a second. But uh, Harmon, is a weird kid to try to read because, you know, his dad, uh, his dad is, uh, uh, has been seriously involved in this whole thing. And, uh, and, and it's hard to tell. Nobody knows, like none of the schools can get a good feel, uh, for where he's going. And that decision's coming up, uh, uh, in just over a month. So he'll be back. Uh, and Malachi Branham, who's a five-star junior wing, he's, from Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary. He's been on Louisville's campus before. He's going to visit uh, unofficially tomorrow as well. Uh, he ranks as the number one 21 player in the class of 2021. And uh, uh, again, they're in very good shape with Branham uh, moving forward. Uh, a lot of schools in there in the mix with that one, though. And uh, But Mike Pegues Mike has done a good job with both of these guys. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. But it's, it's a big day no matter what. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, Karen Lass kind of coming Bryce into Hopkins. town. And Bryce Hopkins, obviously, uh, yeah, great to have him back on campus as well. But no matter what the, you know, whatever the records are with it's, when it's Carolina, you know, it's still like Chris Mack said, it's Carolina. So it's huge, not only on the floor for the ACC standings, but as I mentioned before, huge for recruiting as well, which, you know, we kind of heard you know, a neat little side story, you know, Chris Mack and the whole recruitment of, of David Johnson when he was at Xavier and 
you know, and, and where David was expected to go on a visit for to see Xavier play uh, Villanova, but eventually actually backed out a couple hours before uh, because I think David explained it initially as a, a family event or something like that, only for Chris Mack to find out later it was for Louisville to attend North Carolina. You know, so those kind of things happen, you know, so uh, recruiting for whenever Carolina is in town, uh, just as the same when Louisville is visiting North Carolina, huge uh, opportunity, recruiting opportunity for the coaching staff. You know, I want to go back to the Dave, that that story about David. It's, it is kind of funny. So David yeah. committed. David was I was actually at a Trinity football game um, in in September of that of, of his junior uh, of what would have been his junior year. And I, I was walking around and saw uh, one of uh, one of his uh, one of his buddies or no, actually, I think my son saw one of his buddies and came up to me and he goes, you better go find David. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, he's committing to Louisville. So when he committed <laughs> to Louisville that night and I'll never forget, it happened when he was there. At, it was a Friday night football game. And when he committed to Louisville that night, there was a lot of coaches out there that were like, dang. We knew this kid was probably going to go there, but we thought this recruitment might might drag out a little farther. And Trinity always went to Xavier's team camp. So they went up there every year uh, to Xavier's team camp. So they were in, you know, Xavier was in there good with David. They were in there good with Ray Spaulding. A lot of people don't really remember that, but but they did a good job with Ray uh, before Louisville came in and said, hey, we want you, Ray. And, and he stayed home. Well, kind of the same thing happened here. Well, then all of the stuff happened uh, then all of the other stuff happened at Louisville and Rick Pitino got fired and uh, David Padgett. And of course, David, David Johnson backed off of that commitment. But I would never forget, Michael, I was in Indianapolis about uh, it was about two and a half weeks after Chris Mack was hired. It was the first uh, recruiting event of that of that spring or summer. It was the it was the Adidas event in Indianapolis. I was in a back gym and I was sitting literally the only one sitting there watching as David Johnson was warming up in, with his uh, with his AAU team. And about that time, Chris Mack and Dino Gaudio walked in and they sat down and Chris looked over at me and I looked around and Chris looked around and Chris just kind of smiled. And I was like, yeah, you should be smiling because in that game, <laughs> David, David had 20, had like 24 points and seven assists uh, in yeah. uh, in this game. And there was not one other college coach in the gym watching him except for Chris Mack and Dino Gaudio and Dino Gaudio left at halftime Perfect. because you know he was going to see another kid so Chris stayed and they just did a good job they made everybody else feel like you know what this kid's not going anywhere else he's going to stay at Louisville and uh, and they won that recruitment and now we're seeing reaping the benefits of it but a lot of times that's the things that happen in recruiting that uh, you just don't you don't remember you don't know about little things uh, that that might happen or dif- different things like that and uh, uh, so that's why you got to be patient with recruiting. Yeah, and of course, Chris, while he was at Xavier, was David Johnson's first offer, scholarship offer. You know, doing so when he was a sophomore, as you mentioned, go to the team camps and everything. There's certainly a, a long time pre-existing relationship between those two there. But uh, yeah, yep. uh, looking forward to how David Johnson does against Carolina. Uh, playing for Chris Mack uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah. But uh, women's basketball, they're close to clinching up uh, the ACC. Uh, a, a strong win. You know, uh, still, it seemed like they have you know, that offensive struggle a little bit and that seems to creep in every now and then. But even with that, still a strong win against Georgia Tech and, again, close to clinching that ACC regular season title. 24-3, and 13-2 in league play. 
Uh, yep. If they win Saturday at Pittsburgh, and by the way, Pittsburgh is four and twenty-two. They're one and <laughs> fourteen in league play, so Louisville should win. They've lost six in a row. But I will say this about this Pittsburgh. I'm not going to would. Well, I will say this about Pittsburgh. They're they don't quit. Like you would think, four and twenty-two, lost six in a row. They'd like pack it in. They're, they don't they don't quit. Now, they don't win a lot of games, and they're not in a ton of games, but they play hard, and I know Coach Walls is, is worried about that. He's also worried about Dana Evans. I doubt from what I heard today, and I, this is nothing official, but I doubt she plays on uh, on well, Sunday with an ankle. I think you, you want to maybe give her a game. You can do it when you're 24-3 and three and you're going against a team that's 4-22. and 22. On the road, though, um, so I don't know. She might dress up, see how it goes, and uh, and then do it. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, if Louisville wins on Sunday, they would uh, clinch a double bye for certain in the uh, in the conference tournament. And if they also uh, if they win and uh, and NC State were to lose, then I think that that's when they would clinch. Uh, they would clinch at least a tie of, of the conference tournament. They only have three games left. So one on the road against Pittsburgh and then home next week against Virginia Tech, who's really good. They're 20 and six and their best player, Taja Cole, started her career at Louisville. She transferred from Louisville to Georgia and is a grad transfer now at Georgia Tech. So they played them and then they play a 16 and 10 Boston College team as well next week. So uh, a, a big week for them and a big weekend for Louisville baseball. Michael, uh, we were both out there this afternoon, 22 strikeouts on a Friday wow. afternoon. Yeah. Reed Detmers was just nasty. And, uh, and and Michael Kirian was nasty, but the most yeah. impressive one was Glenn Albanese to me, who's a right-hander out of the bullpen that they need. And uh, he came in and uh, and he just threw some smoke and uh, a good win for this team to get on. I mean, they should have won. They definitely were favored to win, but a good win for them to get out and uh, and get on a little bit of a winning streak. Yeah, would like to have seen the offense do a little bit more. We did see a, a two-run home run uh, from Ben Bianco in the sixth to, to make it that three-nothing uh, gap. They had scored a run earlier in the second inning. Uh, you know, so they held a, a one-nothing lead going into the sixth. Which, which when you got, you know, your pitchers are mowing them down. You'd like to give a little bit more offensive support. And really, you know, haven't seen that too much of that since they came back from Ole Miss. Did see, you know. The offense looked great down at Oxford. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the colder temps or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, but not, I'm not still not overly concerned about the offense, but certainly a stunning out, you know, outstanding uh, performance by the Louisville pitching staff. And and then Glenn, Glenn Albanese, you know, he had a, a nice little outing down in uh, Oxford as well. Dan McDonald said after the game that uh, looks like. Basically, paraphrasing, it basically looks like they have found you know their bridge pitcher. Uh, they've had struggles finding that exact fit so far through the early stages of the season. But Glenn Albanese came out in two innings, struck out five. To, you know, Michael Kirian three, and as you mentioned, uh, Reed Detmers had 14. So yeah, stadium record 22 strikeouts, highest in the in the season or in the NCAA this season, which you know we're only into the second weekend of the season, but still I think the previous highs so far have been 20. So there's been a, and I think two teams have done that. So already a couple impressive outings, but 20, you know, 22 is going to be a number that's not going to be beaten by too many people and so much. So I think it's the 10th highest tied for 10th highest total number of strikeouts in NCAA history for a nine inning game. So impressive outing for the Cardinals, certainly. And one they needed to snap that three game skid. Yeah. You know, and the thing about Albany is he's a guy who, um, who was one of the highest ranked guys in 2017 class yeah. uh, coming out of uh, high school from Batavia, Illinois. Um, he, he had surgery uh, and, and, and missed all of his freshman year last year, made eight appearances, two starts, 
Uh, I remember he made a couple he made a couple starts late in the year um, when Nick Bennett went down. And so, yeah, he's got uh, he's uh, he's one of those guys that's got a lot of talent and a lot of uh, a lot of different. Uh, uh, he's got some attitude to him and I like that. And uh, uh, so we'll see what can happen with this team moving forward. I was told today that Lucas Dunn was available to run. Um, I, I, I know he wasn't available to, uh, uh, I know he wasn't available out there as far as to, to get out in the field. And I think it'll be uh, a few more, I think it'll be a few more weeks um, before he is out there um, a, a, as far as, um, as far as out there in the field. Uh, I think it'll be a few more weeks before he is out there. I think he'll probably be back um, maybe like the Wake Forest series. And it looks like Alex Benellis um, is probably going to be out until the North Carolina series. They both had about the same injury. So uh, at least that's a uh, that's a, that's a good deal and a good thing. Yeah. So uh, but, Michael, we uh, we uh, we will talk more baseball next time. We will also talk some more basketball, hopefully some more wins. And on Monday, join us for a very special edition that Monday afternoon. We will be doing a special edition it's spring football and we're going to do some things we had a post today uh, i did a story on all the new numbers on the new on the newcomers i'm doing five guys to watch uh, as far as uh, uh, five key guys to watch and some uh, some position battles to watch in the spring as well so uh, we'll have all that this weekend and we will have a special podcast on monday of spring football it'll be a cards cast but first of all we got to win a couple games this week and beat Carolina tomorrow and beat Pittsburgh and the women on uh, on Sunday. That'll do it for us for our weekly Cards Cast edition. For Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Demling. We will see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.